helping me. I needed your help for sure, so thank you very much, sir. God bless you. Go ahead and be seated. We're going to turn to Psalm chapter 66 and verse 8. Preaching tonight about moved by believing. Psalm 66 and 8 says this. Oh, bless our God, ye people, and make the voice of his praise to be heard. If you needed any verses at all more in your Bible about the power of your praise, there's another command for us to make the voice of his praise to be heard. It is it is incredible what happens when the people of God make up in their minds to use your voice to praise him. It says, which holdeth our soul in life and suffereth not our feet to be moved. For thou, O God, as I was reading through this today, it just, it seemed to speak into this moment of where we are and what we've just come through together as a church. And if, if you missed it and you weren't a part of it, there's, there's still time. We want you to be a part of it. But we just came through a period of consecration, of focus, and of fasting, and of prayer in this church. And I believe that verse 10 speaks to us tonight. For thou, O God, hast proved us. Thou hast tried us as silver is tried. Anybody feel like the last several weeks or the last month and a half of your life was a, a period of trying and tested? I'm encouraged by the testimonies of what went on all across this church. Numerous people stretching themselves further in fasting than they've ever gone before. Some even contacting me with some a little bit of concern before saying, hey, you know, I, I've tried this before and, and I, I ran into some health consequences, but I want to try it again. That's an attitude of consecration. That's an attitude of desire that you're willing to look heaven and hell in the eye and say, you know, last time I tried this, it didn't go so hot, but I'm coming at it again because I believe God has something for us. He says, thou brought us us into the net and you laid affliction upon our loins. Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but thou broughtest us out into a wealthy place. I don't know about you tonight, but that is how I feel walking into this place today after 40 days together as a church and I am thankful for the spirit of unity that has rested upon this body every Sunday for the last month every Sunday after worship service there is just this breakout of praise and worship that has filled this place a glory cloud from the Lord seems to settle right here in this room why because together as a church we pulled together in consecration to Together as a church, we pulled together in a time of fasting and a time of dedication. And we went through some challenging things and we, we fought private battles that really nobody saw but us and God. Anybody know what I'm talking about today? Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm just out in left field on my own. But over this last period of time, God began to reveal some things inside of us as we're fasting. And he revealed 
some things to us. And so he leads us through this period of consecration and affliction. But he didn't leave us there because it says he brought us out into a wealthy place. And I'm here to declare tonight in the Holy Ghost, we have exited a season as a church and we're stepping into a new season as a church. And this is a season of a wealthy place. This is a season where we step in together. If we will fight to maintain that same spirit of unity, if we'll fight to maintain that same spirit of togetherness and brotherly love, and we'll maintain that level of consecration and walk with God, God has brought us out into a wealthy place. He has set us into a place uh, where his eyes are upon the church, uh, where his favor is upon the church. Does anybody believe uh, what I'm talking about tonight? So David says, I will go into thy house with my burnt offerings. I will pay thee my vows, which my lips have uttered and my mouth has spoken when I was in trouble. And I will offer unto thee burnt sacrifices of fatlings and the incense of rams. I will offer bullocks and goats, Selah. Now, I'm thankful that we're not offering the blood of a bull or of a goat today. Uh, but I think it would be fitting right now for us to pause uh, and offer the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Uh, he brought us through the fire. Uh, he brought us through a season. Uh, what looked like a long period of time, it was just a moment. Uh, and now he has set us in a wealthy place. Uh, I'm here to declare if your ongoing trial is still there uh, tonight, there's going to be a shift in the Holy Ghost and God is bringing you out to a wealthy place. Uh, he's bringing you out to a prosperous place. Uh, he's bringing you out to a place of rest uh, and comfort uh, and breakthrough in the Holy Ghost. Uh, that's the kind of God that we serve. Uh, and that's where we're going as a church. So the psalm writer goes on and says, come and hear all ye that fear God. And I will declare what he hath done for my soul. I cried unto him with my mouth and he was extolled with my tongue. You see, I'm not going to hold it back what God has done for me. I'm thankful that every prayer has been heard. I'm thankful that every tear has been captured. I'm thankful that when I was at my lowest, he was there and his strength was there. When I was at my darkest, my God met me there. I'm going to tell everybody what he's done for my soul. If I regard iniquity in my heart, he says, the Lord will not hear me. But verily, God hath heard me. I want to reassure somebody tonight. Because the question came to my mind. And if it came to my mind, I know it came to other minds in this place as well. Uh, the very question of as that first bite of food crosses uh, my lips and I begin to eat and, and dream about how delicious a thin slice of cucumber is and I chew it 120 times. Uh, the question crosses my mind, uh, was it even worth it? Was this a waste of time? 
But I push that out of my mind and I help right now in the Holy Ghost. Uh, That is not the voice of God. Uh, That is not the voice of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. For God says uh, he has heard me. He hath attended to the voice of my prayer. Uh, Blessed be God, the writer says, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. Uh, Blessed be God, uh, which did not waste a single moment. Uh, I'm here to tell somebody not a single missed meal was wasted. Uh, If you pushed away the plate for one meal and that was it, uh, God saw it and God honored it. Uh, If you tried to go longer than ever before, but you slipped and you fell, uh, do not be discouraged, uh, but stand boldly and stand firmly. Why? Because God saw it and God honored it, uh, and it was not a waste. Uh, No effort, no energy that you expended to get closer to God was a wasted effort. Uh, No energy that you gave to try to claw your way closer to the King of Kings uh, went unnoticed. There is not a prayer uh, that went unheard. uh, And in his time, uh, he's going to answer. There were some big prayers on my list. Uh, There were some prayers that I can tell you later God answered. Uh, He brought them to pass. Uh, There were some other prayers on my list I haven't seen yet. uh, But I am not discouraged. Uh, I am encouraged. And I believe that my God heard uh, every single moment. So he says in Psalm 67, God, be merciful unto us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us that thy way may be known upon the earth, thy saving health among all nations. Let the people praise thee, O God, let all the people praise thee. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for thou shalt judge the people righteously and govern the nations upon the earth. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. For then shall the earth yield her increase. And God, even our God, shall bless us. God shall Bless us and all the ends of the earth shall fear him. I'm here today completely convinced that the eyes of God are upon this church like never before. We have heard it and I'm here to reiterate it tonight. Uh, There is an open heaven over Watertown. Uh, There is an open heaven over the Jesus church. Uh, Many stretched over this season to fast longer than ever before. Uh, Many stretched themselves uh, reaching for God like never before. And I believe there's one or two uh, that are still going and got a late start to it. Uh, But there were two or three that did 40 days. Uh, There were some that reached for 30. There were some that did 20. 21, uh, multiple that did 15 for the first time ever. Uh, many reached for seven. Uh, some went three days a week for the entire six week period. Uh, some went on their first three day fast. I believe there were one or two that did some absolute fasts over a period of time. Uh, oh, don't you tell me God didn't hear it and God didn't see it. Every meal was seen. Uh, every prayer was captured. And God I believe God is going to bring us out uh, into a beautiful place. God is bringing us out into a wealthy place. 
But we did not fast to convince God to save the souls of Watertown. God does not need convincing. God loves the souls of Watertown and of South Dakota far more than you do. We fasted. We prayed to position ourselves. We fasted and we prayed to align ourselves with His will. To bring our viewpoint into His viewpoint. I did not fast to try to convince God to do something He's already declared in His word that He wants to do. It was to crucify my flesh and align with heaven's vision. But now, now it's time to move. I take us back to Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. A portion of scripture that perhaps you've heard half a dozen times this year. And you'll probably hear half a dozen more times this year. But Jesus says to his disciples, go into all the world and preach the gospel or the good news to everyone, anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany them or those who believe. It gets challenging when you're trying to quote the King James, but you're reading from the New Living Translation. My brain can't handle that, apparently. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands uh, on the sick and they will be healed. When the Lord Jesus had finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. And the disciples went everywhere and preached. And the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said by many Miraculous signs. Leonard Ravenhill penned this statement. This generation of preachers is responsible for this generation of sinners. At the very doors of our churches are the masses. They are unwon because they are unreached. They are unreached because they are unloved. And I refuse to be a church with an unreached mass at our door. Uh, But I believe that God is enduing us with a love. Uh, He is filling us with a love for the lost. Uh, A fresh love and a fresh burden for the souls of this city and of this region. Uh, I believe that before tonight is over, somebody's heart is going to be stirred. Uh, Somebody's spirit within them is going to be stirred. Uh, They're going to be moved by the belief in the Word of God. uh, And there's going to be an outflow of the Holy Ghost in them. I believe that What we do and how we use the season of this summer will result in either souls being saved or frustrated faith. Souls will be saved if we diligently plant seeds and work the ground. We plant seeds of trust. We build relationships. We plant seed of the good word. But faith will be frustrated if we sit back on the promises of God, expecting God to do what only He can do, while refusing and avoiding to do what only we can do. 
You see, we have a choice set in front of us. Uh, We either believe the promises of God and step out by faith to work with him together, or we believe or doubt the promises of God uh, and sit back in our comfortable air-conditioned facility and say, huh, I wonder where they're at. I don't believe I'm looking at a church that's going to sit back uh, on the promises of God. But I believe I'm looking at a group of people that is hungry to see the promise of God come to pass. I believe I'm looking at a group of people that is hungry to see God's power displayed in this city. I want to share a couple of portions of scripture. First Thessalonians chapter two and verse seven. As apostles of Christ, Paul writes, he's writing about himself and Silas and Timothy. He says, we certainly had a right to make some demands of you, but instead we were like children among you. Or we were like a mother feeding and caring for her own children. We talked on Sunday about having a spirit of motherhood resting upon this church. There's there's going to be a requirement of motherhood. Nobody's born until somebody first travails or somebody goes through the process and it's a calling upon this church. We have labored for years in intercession. We've labored for years in travail to see a birth occur. Paul goes on and says, we loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news, but our own lives Two, I reach way back to the year of 2017, I believe it was, when Chris Green stood in this pulpit and prophesied a couple of things over us. But one of the things that he said was that it was a spirit of sacrificial teaching that was going to break the spirit of this region. It was going to break the stronghold of this region. And he clarified that and he said, what I mean by that is radical in your life teaching and discipleship. Paul writes to them and said, look, we didn't just come to you in Thessalonica and preach the word and then go off to Chick-fil-A and stuff our faces after church. But no, we did not just share the word with you, but we shared our lives as well. Uh, We brought you into our own lives. We connected with you intimately. We shared meals with you. We shared our vulnerability with you. We shared uh, everything that we were with you. You, we were like a mother feeding her own children. I'm telling you, that's the kind of effort that God is calling this church to. I believe for each one of us in this house, there is somebody in your life that is open and receptive. They are needing you to pull them alongside of you and begin to share your life with them. First Thessalonians chapter 3. In verse 1, a little later in the narrative, Paul writes this and says, Finally, when we could stand it no longer. See, he'd been separated from their, his disciples for so long, he, he couldn't take it anymore. If you're working with somebody, and the only contact you have with them is on a Sunday service, something is, something's off. You need to bring them into your world. 
You need to connect with them more. You need to bring them into your life. You need to bring them radically into your home. And I'm not saying let them move in and sleep on your couch all the time, okay? Don't, don't get me wrong. Now, if the Lord tells you, hey, bring somebody into your home, let's talk. We'll see about that after service. It, it may work. There have been periods of time where that has been done in this church. But Paul says, we, we decided we couldn't do this alone, in Ath- or we, we could do this, and we sent Timothy to visit you. He is our brother, and look at what the New Living Translation calls him, God's co-worker, in proclaiming the good news of Christ. We sent him to you to strengthen you and to encourage you in your faith. Tonight, one more time, I've come. To help somebody understand and believe that you're God's coworker. You are not out there by yourself, and God's not just gonna be out there by Himself. But when we join hand in hand with the Lord, think of the honor that is being bestowed upon us. Anybody got one of those coworkers that you just like, why don't you go clean the ice machine and we'll handle everything else? Any, anybody? If, if you don't, then maybe you're, you might be that coworker, maybe. Or you work in a great place and everybody's fantastic. Have you ever been that coworker where you just felt like, I am really not good at this job? I've been there. I've been there. Nobody? Me and one other person. All right, the rest of you are like the best workers ever. I've looked at a schedule before and thought to myself, man, this is going to be a rough day. Simply by who your coworkers were. Anybody testify to that? You look at the schedule and you're like, man, we're in trouble. Tina's on today. The last time Tina was on, we were backed up. We were up to our eyeballs in work. I don't feel that way about anybody in this church. I don't think God feels that way about anybody in this church. But I want to be a co-worker of the Lord's that he has confidence and trust in. There's nothing like having a co-worker that you know if you come in on a bad day, they're going to pick up your slack. And you know what they're doing before they even do it. You just work together like, like I don't know, peanut butter and jelly. You just you flow together. You're better together. There's a building effect when it's the two of you. And I'm here to tell you that God, uh, God in all of his infinite wisdom decided to couple himself with his own creation for the proclaiming of the gospel. God in his infinite wisdom decided, he looked down at Brendan and said, you know what? That's my coworker, that's who I'm working with. He looked over at Jeremy or at Elia and he said, that's who I want to work with. Uh, I'm putting them on the schedule for Watertown. I'm putting them on the schedule for this neighborhood and this workplace. That's uh, who I'm going to partner with and that's who I'm going to tie myself to. Uh, I want to be God's coworker this summer. I'm not going to sit back uh, and call in sick. Uh, I'm not going to call in with summeritis, uh, but I'm going after him uh, and God's going to count on me to show up for the work day. Uh, God's going to be able to count on Jared uh, to show up when it's time to labor in the fields. Uh, The fields are white unto harvest. Uh, His prayer was to pray for laborers. Uh, But there's a room full of people in this place tonight. Uh, There's a desire rising up inside of you and I uh, to work together with the Lord. Uh, There's a belief stirring up inside of our hearts uh, that if I go, uh, He's coming with me. If I 
step out. He's going to confirm uh, his word. Let's lift our hands in this place tonight. Uh, Hallelujah. Go ahead and lift your voice in this house. Uh, if you want to join forces with the Lord, uh, if you want to be the co-worker of Jesus Christ, uh, go ahead and let your voice out. Uh, Now, do not be deceived just because we're in a beautiful place and God has brought us out into a wealthy place. It does not mean that there will not still be battle and struggle. God brought the children of Israel over the river Jordan. He did many mighty miracles through the hand of Joshua, but then he left certain of the enemy in the promised land for the children of the next generation, to learn how to fight. There was still a fight, though they were in the promised land. They were possessing, or they were called to possess what God had promised them, but God himself left some enemy. And God has already conquered Satan. He is already defeated. It was not a close fight. You've heard it so many times over the last couple of months from Colossians. He triumphed over him openly. But there is still a period of darkness that you and I live in. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 15. Jesus says to his disciples, whom say ye that I am? Simon Peter answered with this great truth and revelation. He says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. Flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, but my father, which is in heaven. See, our father gave us a revelation of himself. And I also say unto thee, thou art Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You see, we're, we're a church that's on the move. We're a church that's going out. We're leaving this building. We're striving out confidently. We're stretching out confidently. This, this thought came to me today. You've probably had it. You ready for a profound thought? Gates are stationary. They don't move. The only way the gates of hell can prevail against the church is if the church doesn't move. But if the church moves and the church goes, the gates will not prevail. So if we rise up out of our seats, we rise up out of our homes and we go, those gates, we're going on the offensive. Gates are purely defensive. Hell has no offense left to it. It is stuck with a defensive strategy of gates uh, when the church decides to go. Uh, because when the church decides to go, hell starts shaking in their boots. That's why they try so hard uh, to distract and discourage so that we never move. Uh, but gates do not move. Uh, the gates of hell are not outside the door of this church. Uh, this church just has to rise up uh, and we have to go uh, and we can storm the gates of hell uh, and they will not prevail against the church. 
And Jesus says, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Yes, uh, there's still a battle to be fought, uh, but you're victorious because uh, you have the spirit of almighty God living inside of you. Uh, as Jesus proclaimed, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Uh, so don't be afraid of a battle. Uh, don't be afraid afraid of a fight. Uh, don't be discouraged and don't be distracted, uh, but rise up uh, and step out uh, because the gates aren't going to prevail. Uh, there's a greater force inside uh, of every spirit filled believer than all the demons of hell. Uh, there's a greater force inside of you uh, and God uh, has promised to go. Uh, you've got to settle it in your mind. Uh, when I go, uh, my co-workers coming with me, uh, whatever room I step into, uh, the spirit of God inside of me is the greatest force in that room. Uh, whatever workplace I walk into, uh, the spirit of God living in me uh, is the greatest power in that room. Ah, uh, uh, come on, somebody. I wish somebody uh, would fully believe this. Uh, whatever atmosphere you find yourself in, uh, there is no spirit that can overcome uh, the spirit of Jesus Christ living down inside of a believer. Uh, let's stay to our feet all across this place tonight. Somebody just go ahead and be reminded uh, and be convinced right now. Uh, I've got the Holy Ghost. It's the greatest power in the universe. Uh, I do not have to be afraid. Uh, I do not have to fear. Uh, I do not have to doubt. Uh, I don't have to be discouraged. Uh, I don't have to fear when I go home uh, and there's a dark spirit and attitude. No, no. Uh, I've got power and authority. Uh, I don't have to be intimidated in the workplace. I've got power and authority in the Holy Ghost. Uh, there is no weapon formed against you that will prosper. Uh, every word spoken against you, uh, if it is not uh, the will of God, it cannot come uh, to pass. You've got the blood uh, of Jesus Christ applied to your life. Uh, the enemy cannot come at you through the blood. Uh, he cannot come at you through the blood. Uh, hallelujah! And maybe it's just that I've got six weeks of pent-up energy inside of me. Maybe I'm freaking you out on a Wednesday night and you were coming expecting to take notes with a pen. But I believe God wants to do something in these next few moments. Are you still with me tonight? 2 Timothy chapter 1. In verse 6, Paul writes to Timothy, he says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. It's exactly what we've come here tonight to do. We're going to remember and we're going to stir. We've been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He says in verse 7, God has not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love, and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but be thou a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. 
I read this this week in the New Living Translation, and you've probably seen it before, but I'm kind of stupid, and sometimes it takes God a while to get through to me. And so I read a, a little phrase in the New Living Translation that jumped out at me like it's never jumped out before. We, we read verse 7 by itself all the time, right? How many times have you heard God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and a sound mind? Anybody ever heard that? Perfect. Okay, so we've, we've heard that, and we, we shout it, we believe it. It's, it's truth. It's, it's completely true. We should shout it. We should believe it. But listen to it in the New Living Translation. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline. So here it is. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison for him. With the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. I'd never seen it like that before. The entire context of verse 7 was in evangelism and outreach and spiritual warfare. Not just because we watched a scary movie and we're trying to reassure ourselves before we go to bed. But he's telling Timothy, stop being timid. You have power. You have the love of God living inside of you. Through the Holy Ghost, you have self-discipline. So do not be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. Isn't that incredible? Had anybody ever seen that before? I had missed that for 33 years. So here's what we're going to do tonight. Because I believe if I missed it, somebody else missed it too. And I believe that we need a moment, and just for a moment, why don't we gather into the front tonight? If, if, if you want to be God's coworker tonight, I'm not going to make anybody come. If you want to voice it one more time, you're going to join hands with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords I want you to gather in the front tonight. 